Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we catch up with the opening games in qualifying for the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations. Liberia made a losing start, and we've been speaking to their coach, James Deber, a legend of the Lone Star. Deber is Liberia's all-time top goalscorer and played alongside George Ware in the team's golden era. It was marvellous. I mean, playing with George Ware, it was exceptional. You know, extremely gifted individual. I mean... Hospitable. And also with the FIFA Confederations Cup beginning this weekend in Russia and Cameroon representing Africa, we ask how significant this tournament is. And this really will give spectators a taste of what the World Cup's going to be like. Because, for example, St. Petersburg to Sochi is 1,900 kilometres. FIFA Confederations Cup coming up later on in the show. Well, there were plenty of shocks in the opening games in qualifying for the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations. The road to the 2019 finals in Cameroon began last weekend, just four months after the 2017 finals in Gabon. Now, only the group winners will qualify automatically, so you can't afford to lose at home. But former champions Nigeria, Ivory Coast and Zambia were all among the teams that were beaten at home. What did you make of those three results, Solomon? Nigeria is currently playing so well in the 2018 World Cup qualifiers, topping their group. Uh, But coming into this game, it was a a mixed bag of players. You know, few players getting their debut. Some of the regulars like Victor Moses, not there. Mikhail Obi-John, not there. And so I'm sure it changed a whole game plan, but they... They took South Africa for granted for me. South Africa come into the game and with a new coach also, Coach Stuart Baxter. And they had said, look, we're going to Nigeria to get a good result. And also for the first time, South Africa had defeated Nigeria in a competitive game. And I thought they played more as a team, uh, very compact. And also the midfield was very, very strong. Uh, Dolly Keegan did so well and Pacey Tau coming in and brought in quite a bit of pace. Uh, but Nigeria was very sluggish. The defence was cut napping several times and defensively they were in shambles, total shambles. Uh, for Ivory Coast, I think it has been a very tough transition for them. Uh, they have a new coach. Now for for Zambia, for me, I think Zambia has been on a decline for a very long time. The Chipolo Polo have not been able to transit uh, from the last five, six years. That uh, AFCON winning team are two, a very solid team. I felt they've retained so many players who aren't supposed to be there uh, and they're still there. They've been able to inject new players, uh, younger players, the way that they should. You know, we. I hope they're going to be able to do that with the under-20 team that played so well at the World Cup recently uh, because that way they're going to be able to uh, to have a solid team. Yeah, sure, you would think that a longer term the future is good for Zambia despite that defeat. Uh, more comments on Zambia, in particular their junior Chipolopolo, later on in the show. 
Uh, and would you say, Solomon, that there are signs that Ivory Coast are a team in decline? Uh, they have, of course, been the strongest African side for the past 10 years, but went out at the group stage of the Nations Cup this year in Gabon. And that home defeat is cause for concern. Um, would you say the elephants are in decline? First, we have a generation of players that had to give way to younger players. Uh, the the Torre brothers, players like Isiaka Tiene, uh, Didier Drogba. But I think one of the biggest reasons is uh, because of the, the coaching department. You know, we saw Javi Reyna came in and they won the Africa Cup of Nations. Another coach, uh, Drew Sire, who came in, that didn't do well at the Africa Cup of Nations earlier on uh, this year. And, and he had to give way. And we now we have Mark Wilmont uh, from Belgium, former Belgian coach and, and and first game losing at home and secondly the players the younger players and the blend with the older players I don't think it has worked for them I think they they, they needed to be a different approach to it they have talented players uh, great players but the, the challenge is how do you blend all that uh, together and I feel that's what they are still trying to to find a way around that and uh, until they do that you know we're not going to be able to see them fulfill their potential. Yes, some problems for Ivory Coast. Thanks, Solomon. Elsewhere, a thumping 5-0 win for Ghana over Ethiopia under new coach Kwesi Apia, who's back for a second spell with the Black Stars. Asamoah Jan scoring his 50th Ghana goal. And Sierra Leone got off to a winning start, beating Kenya 2-1 in heavy rain in Freetown. I watched that game and a promising start for the Leone Stars. Well, we stay with the Africa Cup of Nations here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, because here in Harare, Zimbabwe were emphatic 3-0 winners over Liberia, who were unable to bring a full-strength squad because of injuries and other reasons. I had a chance to speak in-depth to Liberia coach James Deber, a real legend of the Lone Star. Deba is Liberia's all-time top goalscorer and played alongside George Weah in the best-ever Liberia team that made it to the Africa Cup of Nations finals in 1996 and in 2002. Uh, those Liberia's only two Nations Cup appearances so far. Liberia do have a low world ranking now, right down at 151 on the FIFA rankings. And I asked James Deber how he compares things now with Liberia to the times back in his playing days. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a vast difference between the George We Are 11 era and the present generation. I mean, the George We Are 11 era, you have players that were extremely gifted and talented. You know, time has changed. Such was the time. Uh, now, now we have players that, are, you know, don't have the basic fundamental. We don't have that much player in Europe, in mainland Europe. So we fought at least to, to, to see how best we can impose in terms of trying to get players to, to Europe. It's difficult. It's difficult. You know, the players here in Liberia, they lack the basic fundamental of the game. But then you played in France yeah. for four top clubs now. Mm-hmm. Your guys at the moment are playing in places like Indonesia, yeah. Malaysia. Malaysia. What do you think about that? This is what we have. You know, we can't. There's nothing else we can do. You know, I'm being the head coach. My, my job is to see how best I can combine these available talents and then make them to be proactive, make them to be, you know, make them to be better players, formulate a system that will better suit the team. It's difficult. It's difficult. But are the talents out there like yourself and George Ware? Nah, no, not equivalent. 
So what I have to do is to work on the characteristics of these players to make them better. I know, you know, the possibility of trying to replicate what the George We Are 11 did is far-fetched. I will be very sincere. That possibility is far-fetched. We don't have the caliber of player anymore. So what the, the, the players that we have are the players that we have. We have to work with them, you know, try to develop their talent. Take us back to those playing days, two Africa Cup of Nations appearances uh, with Liberia, you and George Weir spearheading the team. Yeah. How was it? It was marvellous. I mean, playing with George Weir, it was exceptional, you know, extremely gifted individual, I mean, hospitable, I mean, down-to-earth kind of person, a huge sense of humour. I mean, it was very easy to play with him and other players like the likes of Kevin Sebwe, Joe Namwe, Zizi Roberts and others. I mean, we had a very good team. So the cohesion was there. The reason being that that particular institution took approximately 16 years to build. A lot of people don't, you know, don't understand that. The formation of that organization started in 1986 when a group of young people went to Brazil, a six-month training to Brazil. We came back from Brazil. It took us 10 years after Brazil to qualify for our first Afghan competition. 1996 in South Africa and after that it took another 6 years 2002 to qualify for our second which were in uh, 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 Mali so you see 16 years of cohesion it's hard work and dedication you see success does not come overnight you have to work for it that's why I'm trying to infuse in my player you know tell him to keep working harder you know you there's no success without hard work what were you doing in Brazil where you were laying that foundation? Yeah, we went for a training program, six months training program. In Rio de Janeiro, we played a lot of friendly, uh, international friendly. Uh, it helped us a lot. It helped us. That was a development process. That was a development, you know, that's how we started. Some were 16, some were 15 years old. Yeah, we were very young, very young. And that first ever Nations Cup qualification in 1996, yeah. how was it for the nation? Oh, it was good. It was our first Afghan qualification. I mean, it, it, was, it was good. And we had the first opportunity to qualify. I mean, it was a big deal in Liberia. I mean, we felt we have arrived. You know, just, just qualifying, <laughs> it was a big deal. Yeah, we experienced it here in Zimbabwe. That was 2004 uh, here, and uh, yeah. for the nation, it was just so special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the feelings, that euphoria, you know, it, it, was, it was indescribable. I cannot tell you how we felt. You also played uh, 2002 Nations Cup, but you yeah. very nearly qualified for the World Cup yeah. in 2002, missing out just by yeah, a single, point, single to, point to Nigeria. Two times, yeah. Two times we came close. 1990, we fell to Egypt. We were on the verge of qualification, then we blew it. <laughs> I would say. I think just two games to go in that 2002 campaign. Yeah. You were Ghana on top. Ghana and Sierra Leone. We were on top. Then uh, we fell short the game against Ghana at home. We lost two goals to one. Yeah, that was the turning point. I mean, a lot, every, the entire population were devastated because that would have been a glorious opportunity for the players and most especially for George Weah at the time because he had just won the European Football of the Year. He was on the verge of climaxing his career. That would have been a very good, you know, unfortunately. <laughs> he didn't, you know. And uh, George Weah, of course, uh, the only African to win the World Player of the Year award, but it's you who... Holds yeah. the record as the top scorer for the yeah. Liberia national team. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in Liberia, my athleticism, I would say, I was better recognized in Liberia than George Weah is. George Weah is his global icon. 
Well, in Liberia, perhaps, you know, I would like it. I would see. <laughs> and what are your memories of playing in Europe? Uh, oh, Lyon, Paris, Saint-Germain, Monaco? time in, 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 in Europe, in France. I mean, two years, years Monaco. I went to Olympic Lyonnais, three years. Then I came to Olympic Nice, OJC Nice. With Nice, it was, it, was, it was more or less a family. We won the Coup de France, which was very important. Uh, I had a very good time in Nice. And after Nice, I had to go, I traveled to Belgium where I played for Anderlecht. Well, my spell in Anderlecht was short lived because I stayed only three months. Then I got a contract to go back to France where I played for Paris Saint Germain for an additional two years. And this time, mid 90s, this was when there was a big wave of African players getting into Europe and making their mark. Yeah, yeah, the league was far competitive then. Far competitive. I think they had more talent, I mean, talent. Less influence. A lot of people have passion then. But, you know, it's, it's, it's contemporary setting is different. More money has been infused in the game with less talent, I would say. In my perspective, how can two individuals, take for example, Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi, dominate football for 10 years? It's impossible. It's impossible. Back then, it, I mean, it was highly competitive. It was highly competitive. But it's just unfortunate. When such is his time, anyway. So you're saying you think the African talent was, was freer back in those days, freer to express oh, itself? Yeah, I would say it was competitive, very, because we had players that were imposing. You had Ebedi Pele, Jubo Kande, George Weir. I mean, we had very good players, very, very good players, players that could change the game at any given moment, extremely talented players. Amazing times and memories uh, James just finally uh, what do you think lies ahead for the Liberia national team in, in years to come will you get back to those glory days mm, I'm trying to replicate that but uh, it's not going to be easy first of all to in order to facilitate this program this program is cash intensive it is cash intensive and uh, my question to the government is are they willing to put in the kind of money that is required Without the money, we cannot go ahead. We cannot forge ahead with this program. We need money. We need money. It's, 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 it's impossible. The program is now, it's, you know, at a standstill because we don't have the resources that we should. So, I mean, we're hoping. We are all hoping. I'm hopeful for a better future for Liberian football. Well, that's a problem in many countries, isn't it? Uh, finances and football. I was talking there to Liberia coach James Deba, the country's all-time top goal scorer, and played alongside George Weir in the country's golden era. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Then you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programs too in our archive. Also, you can listen to the show on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com, and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. And now we turn to social media, and in last week's show we asked if you think that Africa performed well enough at the recent Under-20 World Cup. The Zambia team got a hero's welcome after reaching the quarterfinals, having lost out narrowly to Italy, but they were the only African team to reach the quarterfinals this time around. Ghana won the competition in 2009 and were third in 2013. 
And at the last edition in 2015, Mali and Senegal both reached the semi-finals. So we asked, did Africa do well enough this time? To Facebook first, and Grant Nyerenda in Zambia says, considering the poor officiating against most African teams, I think we did well. Africa should wake up and stop the obvious biased refereeing that is at play against our teams. Where is FIFA's fair play in this? Alleges Grant. On what's up, Thompson Piri in Zambia agrees and is also fuming. He says, in my view, yes, we did very well, apart from the poor officiating. And Thompson says, I think African teams should start boycotting these competitions because of the decisions that go against us by friends outside of Africa, who think that we are nobodies. Strong words there from Grant and Thompson in Zambia,、uh, but on Facebook, Bubakar So in the Gambia doesn't put it all down to refereeing. I think that Africa did enough, says Bubakar. Only one team reaching the quarterfinals is not enough for African football, though. There is more room for improvement. On WhatsApp in the Gambia, Hamat Jobe says, "To me, Zambia were the only side that were doing wonders. Their performances were exceptional, especially the game against Germany, and they need to be given credit for a job well done. They were the only African team that impressed me," says Hamat. "If they can keep this team together, they'll surely become a powerhouse of African football." Yes, absolutely. Ebrima Kale, also in the Gambia, was very impressed by the Zambian team. They really tried a lot, says Ebrima. As we all know, in football competitions, it's never easy because every team wants to win the trophy. I'm proud of the African teams and their performances, especially Zambia, says Ebrima. But Noble Botamani in Malawi disagrees, saying no, an African team should have reached at least the semi-finals. Aik Obi in the Gambia goes further, saying certainly not. Even the Zambia team that lost in the quarter-finals shouldn't have been happy if they were ambitious. It was a poor African performance overall, says Aik. Mwinga Mimbolwe in Zambia says overall it was a poor outing for the African teams, which just goes to show that we're not doing that much at youth level to improve our teams, and this has a drastic effect on senior national teams. Mamadou Ba in the Gambia was left disappointed by the African team's performances. They didn't do well, says Mamadou. We could have won it because in Africa the youth level is our pride. To have no team reaching the final is disappointing. To Kenya now, and Odipo Morris is proud of the Zambian team's efforts, saying congratulations to the junior Chipolo Polo for going that far. Africa has so much potential, says Odipo. Teams need to build on success to ensure consistency,、uh, with increased support from the various sectors. I believe that with support from sponsors, East African teams will soon shine too. In the Gambia, Bai Matas Sanyang offers a totally opposite view. It was absolutely a total failure from Africa this time around with the under twenties, says Bai Matas. We absolutely didn't do enough, and that's a fact. We always welcome WhatsApp voice notes. Here's Mahari Cham in the Gambia. Well, I wouldn't say they performed very well in this campaign, but at least they managed to pull out a respectable performance. Because out of the four teams that represented Africa, two of them did manage to make it out of the group stages: Zambia and Senegal. One did manage to to make it to the quarterfinal, which is Zambia. So、uh, it was kind of fair performance from the from the African teams.
Thanks for your thoughts, Mahari. And Balong Badji is also in the Gambia. If only a single team reaches the quarterfinals and none the semifinals, that indicates that Africa hasn't been doing enough, says Balong. They've only given attention to the senior teams, which is the history in African football. Grassroots football must be given priority, says Balong. Daniel in Ghana is not impressed. Africa's performance in the global competitions is sinking gradually, says Daniel. The under-17s and under-20s was dominated by African countries in recent years, but now the performance is poor. We need to wake up, says Daniel. Mohamed Aikinte in the Gambia is more optimistic. Yes, I'm so happy for the young Zambians, but overall it can't be compared to the last edition, says Mohamed. Hopefully next time at least one African team will reach the final. And last of all, Jata Samba in the Gambia says this year Africa did really great, but I was expecting at least one team to reach the final because looking at previous years we have done well. That's my opinion. Well, thanks so much for all of those views. And this week on Facebook and WhatsApp, we're asking who will win the FIFA Confederations Cup. The tournament starts on Saturday in Russia with Cameroon in Group B with Chile, Germany and Australia. The hosts Russia are in Group A with Portugal, Mexico and New Zealand. So who do you think will win and how far can Cameroon's indomitable Lions go? Go onto our Facebook page. You can post a message there or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Who do you think will win the Confederations Cup? Well, our European football expert Stuart Weir joins us from the UK to look at the tournament. The opening game on Saturday is between Russia and New Zealand, and the Confederations Cup is a warm-up event for the 2018 FIFA World Cup. The six continental champions play along with the host nation and the World Cup holders. Well, Stuart,、uh, fair to say, there's not much of a buzz about this across Africa. How's the enthusiasm there in Europe for the Confederations Cup? Well, to be absolutely honest, Steve, I hardly knew it was happening until you asked me. I mean, if you look at the papers here, it's all full of who is Chelsea going to sign? Are Manchester United going to get Morato? Is David de Gea going to leave Manchester United? You know, it's really not getting much attention here.、Uh, perhaps in Portugal. And Germany, the two teams participating, it might be a bit more, but certainly the UK、uh, is passed us by rather. Oh, an interesting insight there. So, besides this tournament helping with testing the World Cup venues, does it serve much of a purpose, Stuart? Well, as you say, the main purpose really is as a dry run for the World Cup. And now, interestingly, they are using four venues: Saint Petersburg, Kazan, Moscow, and. Sochi, and this really will give spectators a taste of what the World Cup is going to be like. Because, for example, Saint Petersburg to Sochi is 1,900 kilometers. Saint Petersburg to Moscow over 600 kilometers. And now Cameroon、uh, will be playing in Moscow, Saint Petersburg, and Sochi, so they will be travelling thousands of kilometers to play their initial three games. And any supporters who happen to be there will be spending a fortune. You know, it's a bit like Brazil again.、Uh, I don't know if you remember, Steve, when we were in Brazil, I had a ticket to watch England in Manaus. 
and discovered it was 5,000 kilometers away. So this is the challenge of having the World Cup in such a large country. Um, I suppose one thing we might be a little bit anxious about is that there has been a certain amount of racism among Russian fans and uh, we'll certainly be hoping that this event will pass without any of that rearing its ugly head. But in terms of a football tournament... I don't think it's that important. It started in 1997. An interesting thing is that the team that has won it rarely, if ever, wins the World Cup the next year. Like previous winners, Brazil in 97, well, France won the World Cup. Mexico won it. France won it in 2001. Uh, and then Brazil won the World Cup the next time. France won it again. Brazil won it in 2005 in Germany, but of course Brazil were unable to win the World Cup in Germany in 2006 when of course we got a European final with Italy and France. Brazil won it again in 2009 and 2013, but were unable to convert either of those into winning the World Cup the next year. So I suppose if you were superstitious, you might say you don't want to win it because you won't win the World Cup the next year. Or it's perhaps teams peaking in the wrong year. OK, so best not to win the Confederations Cup, maybe, then. So Cameroon are representing Africa, and we spoke to Cameroon coach Hugo Bruce a few weeks ago on the show. Here's his thoughts again. He was speaking to Ngieno in Cameroon. Confederations Cup is uh, another level and then AFCON. You are playing against uh, the champions of all continents. You're playing against the world champion. So this is uh, something different and uh, we have to try to make good games on this tournament. Uh, I don't think that we have to think about uh, semi-final or final. No, we just have to make good games against Germany, against Chile, uh, against Australia. So we will uh, have um, 10 days to prepare uh, this tournament and uh, we will see what, what we can do there. Coach Hugo Bros, what value will participating in the Confederations Cup be for this team that you're handling? It's a very good experience for this team because uh, we did very well on, on Afghan and now uh, we have a tournament which is uh, a level higher than Afghan. So uh, after this tournament, we can evaluate where we are on world level. Uh, if you play against all champions of all continents, uh, this is uh, the best teams in the world. So uh, we will see how strong we are against those teams. If we, uh, we have a good team, a team on the field, on all levels, mentality, the will to win, then I think we can make a good tournament also in the Confederations Cup. That's Cameroon coach Hugo Bruce. And well, Stuart, Africa does have a rather poor record in the Confederations Cup. Um, yes, uh, really only two notable performances by Africa countries, and that was South Africa in 2009, when of course they were hosting it, got into the semi-final and lost to Spain only after extra time in the playoff for third place. So that was certainly a decent performance. But of course, Cameroon in 2003 got to the final, lost to France again only after extra time. And to get to the final, Cameroon beat Brazil with Samuel Eto'o scoring. They beat Turkey. They drew with the USA. And in the semi-final, they beat Colombia 1-0. But sadly, that semi-final is much more remembered for the death of Mark Vivian Foy during that game. 
And, you know, we still look back fondly on him, what a great player he was and what a tragedy that he died so young, but actually during that game. But, you know, the fact that Cameroon on that occasion did get into the final and were able to match France in France for 90 minutes just shows that an African team can do it. Right. And uh, finally, Stuart, just take us through the groups. As you mentioned, Steve, there are eight countries in it. And in Group 1, we've got Russia, New Zealand, Portugal and Mexico. And, you know, that's an interesting one to see how good the host Russia will be. And then the second pool has got Cameroon facing Chile, Australia and Germany, with, of course, two going into the semi-final. Now, Germany will be a tough one for them, but I think they will fancy their chances against Australia and Chile. And, of course, there is this issue of the vast distances. You know, to travel 2,000 kilometres virtually to play a game and then fly back will be very demanding on players of both sides. So I just wouldn't be surprised if Cameroon make it into the semi-final. And then, of course, anything can happen. Well, let's hope so, although Cameroon's 4-0 loss to Colombia in a friendly on Tuesday night was some cause for concern. Thanks a lot, Stuart. That's it for the show for this week. We wish Cameroon all the best at the FIFA Confederations Cup. And on WhatsApp and Facebook, we're asking, who do you think will win the tournament? Uh, Go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. You can post your views there or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening, and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.